This is CouncilCast, part of the Legal Talk Network, and I'm your host, Karen Conroy. When you face a complex case outside your expertise, you bring in a co-counsel for next-level results. When you want to engage, expand, and elevate your firm, you bring in a marketing co-counsel. In this podcast, I bring in marketing experts who each answer one big question to help your firm achieve more. Here's today's guest. Hey there, I'm Tracy Hazard. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Podetize, which I founded with my husband and partner, Tom Hazard. And we focus on how you can make money podcasting with your core business, with your core services, your products, your books, your coaches, your coaching programs, anything out there that is your own stuff. That's kind of our specialty, this business-to-business model of marketing through podcasting. Oh my gosh. Okay. So first of all, Tracy, thank you for being here. This is this is going to be a good, solid, info-filled episode because there's a few areas of marketing that are kind of mysterious. Like, you know, people go to the Magic 8 Ball and they're asking the questions because it seems so mysterious, I guess is the, for lack of a better word. And podcasting for sure is one of them. And so, and, and I know this because of the conversations I have, but also because one of our top per- performing episodes of the last couple of years has been our episode with Simona about how to monetize podcasting. So here we are. This is going to be answering all those questions that we know people are asking, but also like figuring out how it works and kind of pulling back that curtain of because I've spent a lot of time doing some research on what are the questions people are asking around podcasting. And it's it's kind of big picture, high level questions like, how does it work? And how do you make money? And so here we go. Like this is this is you in a nutshell, like your whole business. So Let's start first. The title of the show is How to Boost Marketing and Money Through Podcasting. And so let's start first with your first biggest tip about how people are making money with podcasting. Well, first off, it's a mistake to think that people are, there are a lot of people out there making money from their podcast. There are very few people making millions of dollars off their podcast. Very few. Like, yeah. A tenth of a percent. Like that's how bad it is. <laughs> like and, in that Brown, kind of range. And that's yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, Joe Rogan, Brene Brown, and anyone yeah. that Spotify overpaid for their podcast because he they did extremely overpay. They paid for their brand. Yeah. And their trademark and all of those other things that come along with it, their brand recognition, not the actual per the actual money that is made off that podcast. Yeah. So they were hoping that it would cascade into more business and that would make them more money, right? Well, so it's a different model. model. Yeah, let's let's dig into that really quickly because first of all, how do you know they overpaid? And this kind of comes back to the picture, uh, the, the bigger question of like, how do you quantify what, you're, what you should be paid in general? And I think like a sub part of that question is, are we even getting paid for the podcast, like you and I, normal people, or are we talking about money in a different way? 
Yeah, I mean, we really are talking about money in a different way. And even in that case, like this, I say they overpaid because if you expected to make $140 million <laughs> in ad money and make a return on investment, you want to know why Spotify is not profitable and they had to lay off a bunch of people? It's because that didn't actually transact in that way. It's never yeah. going to make that return on investment in ad dollars. Yeah. It doesn't mean it didn't attract a lot of members to their portal and they were making it in other areas of their business, but it's not trackable to the show itself producing that in ad dollars. And the number one reason is, is because Joe Rogan was extremely popular and profitable on YouTube. And they uh -huh. removed his show from YouTube and they cut him down from 11 million followers to 2.2. He oh, says wow. it himself on his show yeah. that he now only has 2.2 million listeners. Oh my so gosh. if he cut it down from that much, there's no way you could make back that money in yeah. ad dollars alone. That yeah. wasn't the purpose of it. So they paid for it in brand value. Okay. not in actual transactional value of what they expected to make out of it. That's the difference. And so very few people can build up a brand value that's like that. We all know that, it, you sure. know, especially yeah. you lawyers out there trying to get that onto the onto the bottom line in a sale for your acquisition for your clients. It's really hard yeah. to get those intangibles. Yeah, but that's not really where we're going to aim this topic and this conversation because let's just start with that not being the goal. Like the right. money that we're talking about is not about how many listeners I need, how many downloads, how many people are doing all of that, right? So a lot of the questions when I was doing the research for this and looking, Googling and looking where top questions are, are around that idea. So I think there's this basic assumption that the money is being made through clicks and downloads and subscribers and likes. And that's the mistake right there. First off, right. if, if you're going to do that and you have a business that your podcast is based around or on, so if it's in any way a marketing vehicle for your personal brand or any of your programs or businesses... Yeah. Then you're making a mistake following that model. Yeah. Because you're going to devalue your brand by chasing ad dollars because you're going to yes. chase somebody else's distracting your audience instead of the things that you could be making much more money off by being a direct conduit to. Okay. And I'm just going to underline right there. Yes. Okay. I'm going to underline that really quickly because by chasing ad dollars, what you're doing is putting ads for your show on other shows or accepting ads onto your show that, like you said, are a distraction and kind of water down your brand and make you look uh, a certain way that probably doesn't align with your brand. And so to just kind of reiterate that by, by doing that, you are kind of turning off your potential clients who, though the, each one of those clients has a lot more potential revenue and money than one ad click. Right. Well, yeah. podcasting, this is the thing, the mystery about podcasting. The mystery about podcasting is simply this. Podcasting is the only pull media. Everything else is a push. You can pay to boost your videos on YouTube. You can pay to be seen on Facebook. You can pay for any other positioning. You cannot pay to make your podcast seen 
two listeners. So you have to pay somewhere else to get those listeners. And if you have to work that hard to get listeners for your show by marketing your business, marketing all the other things, you need to group your marketing. You're not just going to market your podcast. You're going right. to market it as a part of something else bigger that you're you're trying to attract an audience for. And of course, you want them all to be aligned for the right audience or you're right. going to be working too hard as it is. So yes. if you're going to do that, those people that finally click the subscribe button, because it's not easy, they yeah. click that sub subscribe button on their podcast app and they chose to listen to you. Now it's pushing to them, right? You had to right. go through all that stuff. And now what they're looking for is you. Not yep. dumb ads from Amazon Kindle that have yeah. nothing to do with it and they're not a reader. They're a podcast <laughs> listener, right? Yes. So it, this is the misalignment mistake that happens. But also when you chase ad dollars, you start to go after these companies where they promise you lots of ads. And what they do is they cram them on the front yeah. of your show. So yeah. it's sometimes two minutes before your content is ever played. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Is your That's audience going to wait around for that? No, they don't. I recently was kind of going down the rabbit hole of looking at what, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on his name, the big guy on YouTube, Mr. Beast, Mr. and Beast, yeah. how he puts together his videos. And he goes second by second, those first 30 seconds, he plans out first before he even plans out the rest of the content. And he has said that if he can't make that to his standards of being worthy of a, a good hook, he cancels the whole project. So if you lose those first 30 seconds, forget it. Forget like it, you, right. You, yeah, there's no point. So if you are handing that over to advertisers, what are you doing? That makes no sense. So let's take a step back. And, and with this in mind that, okay, ad revenue, this is not the goal. This is not how we're going to make money. And it's not how you're going to work with your brand, like it's going to be a mess. So where then, how do you start and then plan back from, from that other goal? So first off, I, you got to think about your core business, about what it is that you're selling, what it is. And it, it might just be you, you're trying to build trust in you so that clients will hire you. And yeah. That's a perfect way to go about it. But yeah. here's the thing. We have to think about what is it that we want to present out to that client? We have to be focused on the audience that we're trying to attract here. So do we want them to learn that we're extremely trustworthy? Well, what are the characteristics of trustworthy? We're consistent. We're constant. We show up when they need us, right? We're yes. available to them. We're accessible. Yep. And yet so much of what you do out in your podcast, what most hosts do in their podcast is counter to that. They say, yes. oh, I'm going to do, I'm going to follow someone's advice and I'm going to do a season. Yeah. Clients don't have legal problems <laughs> in seasons. Yes. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard, right? Yes. I love that. Yeah. So yeah. that doesn't work. So, I, you know, I feel I'm like going to take my holidays that. off. Like, <laughs> I, I just pictured like this potential podcaster and they're putting it together and they're like, I'm going to make the next serial podcast. Like the, the serial one that, that really kind of got podcasting off the ground. I am going to be the next serial. And like, no, that's not where you start. That's not where you, what your goal is. No, it's just not. It's not going to work for that. We have to be yeah. out there just saying, we're going to be authentically who we want to be seen in the world, right? Yeah. Brand building yeah. is you have a hypothesis of what your brand value is and you put that out there. 
Yeah. Every single thing that you do puts that out there. Yeah. Every word that you write, every title you create, every video, every yeah. social post has a curation model around what you, how you think. But it's really not about you. It's about how that audience is going to perceive it because exactly. brand is actually perception. So yep. how did they receive what we had to say and did it have the effect that we want? And if it didn't, let's switch it. Let's, right. you know, let's adjust it. That's the yeah. great part about podcasting that people don't realize is we don't have to stick our stake in the ground and like, you know, put it in cement here. You can make a change and your entire feed can change tomorrow. Yeah. That's the fabulous, flexible thing about this media type. Yeah. That's so what we I have mean, to tap into. So the first thing I'm hearing is like, f figure out your brand. So I will say lots of our clients come to us and they have not got that figured out yet. So if you don't have the brand, and I like to say, because a lot of people get real in their head about what that means and how they define that. And it's not your logo. It is your, your reputation. <laughs> It's reputation. the reason clients refer you. Think exactly. about it that way. Why? Right. What do they say when they refer you? That's right. really where your value lies. But yep. it's okay to not know who you are yeah. in that brand model. That's why I call it a hypothesis brand. You can okay. go out there and try things and say, you know, hey, am I the lawyer for millennials? Yeah. And maybe it just doesn't resonate. And what you find is that you're starting to attract you know, the wrong ones. No, the, the, or you're attracting, you're attracting boomers and you're like, oh, oh yeah. maybe on my message is resonating there. And so yeah. what you're starting to attract, that's where you start to fluctuate. My very first podcast that my partner and I started was in 3D printing and it was called WTFFF. So it was <laughs> what the fuse filament fabrication. It's not a swear. <laughs> but if you didn't know that FFF was the term for 3D printing, you wouldn't pick our show. No. And so we were already dialing in an attractor point to somebody who already knew something about 3D printing. So yeah. we've already done something that made the attractor clear. Now, we thought we were going to have a bunch of 14-year-old boys in the garage as our <laughs> audience. Very yeah. quickly, we found out we had, you know, middle-aged teachers in the Midwest. Like, it was oh, just like all nice. over the place. Retirees right. in the yeah. South. Like, we had them from all over the place and they were the ones reaching out to us and asking for more information. And yeah. so very quickly we learned, oh, okay, well, this is still good. Our title is still working, but right. let's adjust our content for these yes. types of audiences. So we built more education. We built more business content. We built more product design assistance. Like we just built more things in it that we, they wanted and we adjusted our brand. But it was really us they were attracted to. And that's the great part about podcasting. Yeah. If you're the reason clients are hiring you, then you're still there. Right. So I want to clarify that you adjusted the brand. You didn't start over and you didn't right. start with nothing. You started knowing that you were going towards these 3D printers. You had a very specific technical term that would pull them in. So that's not nothing. That put that took a lot of strategy and thought and planning. And you aimed at a certain group. And And this is where marketing comes in, where you aim... Right. You collect data and then you revise. But that doesn't mean that you just throw spaghetti at the wall with nothing. You started with a very clear aim of who, what you were talking about, what you, where your expertise was, what you know. And then as you got that feedback from the audience of who was actually showing up and listening, then you redirect. But it's not like starting from zero and then like figuring it out as, as you go along. 
No, it's never starting from zero. That's yes. yes. Yeah. But you, it, you've you already been in business. It's li- very right. likely that you're not starting your practice from scratch here. You're just fresh out of college. You know, you right. just got your law degree. Like that's not probably the case here. Right. But if it is, there's a model for that too. It's right. called do research, right? <laughs> and figure out who you want to yes. be like and then just model after them and see if that works for you, right? Yeah. But if you're not, you have some of your best clients. Right. And if you say, oh, my best clients have been former sports, sports college students, you know, whatever it was, that's what I want more of. Go after them. But also create that. Exactly. But also if this is not, if if you don't have this, if you don't have the brand, if you don't have the positioning and messaging, that's where we come in. Yeah. (laughs) Get some help. Please get some help. Yeah. (laughs) So you can't start from zero and then think that there's going to be any level of success on any, on any end, if you don't have your brand in place first and then throw it out towards your audience and then figure out what's happening next. Tired of guessing your law firm's marketing budget? The Conroy Creative Council Marketing Budget Calculator is your answer. Custom tailored and data informed, it guides your investment decisions for maximum impact. This tool simplifies budgeting and aligns with your goals so you can harness data for smarter decisions. Make informed, strategic investments. Discover how at ConroyCreativeCouncil.com. Finding it hard to navigate through the clutter of legal marketing options? Marketing Co-Counsel is here to cut through the chaos. As your fractional CMO, we streamline and revolutionize your marketing efforts and boost your firm's growth. From digital marketing to traditional outreach, our expertise spans all facets of legal marketing, ensuring that your firm stands out in a competitive landscape. Discover what Marketing Co-Counsel can do for your firm at ConroyCreativeCouncil.com. Okay, so we have figured out the brand. We're aiming at a certain audience. How do we figure out? This is where I think a lot of people get worried is how to then talk to the audience and convert them. And so I think a lot of people just leave it off. They just don't want to come across as this is salesy. But how do you talk in a way that helps them to take the next step? So that's a great question. And I, before I answer that, I just want to say the one thing that I don't want you to take away from what we said here is that the brand is you. I do not want you no. to create the Tracy show. Just because you named your law firm after you or whatever it is that you're your financial services firm after you does not mean that your podcast should be named after you. In fact, it's the opposite. And we yes. have significant numbers that say when you don't name the show after you and you don't put your picture on the cover art, you have a 10 times better opportunity to gain listeners oh, than someone who does. 10 That's- times better. What's the deal with the cover art picture? Because I feel like, so I, of course, have my picture on the cover art, and I I didn't do a lot of research on that one little piece. What's Tell me more about that. So because it's a pull media type, when I search yeah. in an app, if you don't look like me, I'm oh. less likely to click on that. Fascinating. And how many That's- of your clients actually look like you? Yeah. 
very especially you know yeah you're a, you're a woman in a in a heavily yeah. dominated male world right well I will say a lot of our clients are women law firm owners mainly then because yeah mainly because there aren't any other women agency owners like myself <laughs> so well and that, see if that's an attractor point then that's yeah. the one case where it can work like we have a okay. couple of podcasts where them putting their picture on it assigns it to a culture or a group that makes sure. it powerfully important for their audience that they're trying to attract. But if you're trying to do a much more generalized approach, it's not going to work as well. Think of so it like the blind auditions in the the voice or something like oh, that. Oh, I like that. Yeah, you I'm picturing like Yeah, I'm picturing like a criminal defense attorney who's in an urban area and he's, you know, a middle-aged white guy and a lot of his clients are neither of those. <laughs> and right. so yeah, if you are doing I know a really we had a guy on who has does a DUI practice in North Carolina and he's amazing, but I know a lot of his clients are are not at all his same demographic and he doesn't I don't I'm not sure if he has this picture on there. That would be interesting to see. Yeah, uh, and I can tell yeah. you that you can change it. You can change the name of, of your show, you can take your picture off of it and see sure. what happens. And we've done this for people and we see yeah. a significant change because people are out there searching for their problems. Yeah. And when they they're making a very quick choice based on the cover art yeah. and the title of the show because that's mainly what those podcast apps show up. Their search engines are actually just so bad yeah. that there isn't a lot for them to choose. And so that's that's like just the one thing I wanted to say there yeah. uh, onto that idea is but when we're really thinking about how we're going to grow the shows, make yeah. money, do all of those things, like stay that attractor, we really have to have that outward focus at all times. We're thinking about how the audience is receiving this. And so if we're going to sure. sell to them, yeah, and we're being pushy, that's a turnoff, right? right. So we want to do it in a way where we're doing it conversationally. Yeah. So if you're taking interviews on your show, you work in a story. Yeah. And you say, and then you preface a question from that story. Like, what would I have done different? What could sure. I have done to have a better outcome? Yeah. That's a really great way to kind of frame that up. Or you say, like I just did here, which yeah. is what I was demoing to you, yeah. is that our clients, we know from experience with the over a thousand clients that we've done this with, that you will get 10 times better results if you remove your name and your picture. Yeah. That shows experience. That shows yeah. social proof in what we did without saying that. Now, I'm not a big fan of name dropping. It's not. Yeah. It's something we actually avoid. We're the only podcasting company that will not put who our clients are on our website. Oh. And we won't put the famous ones. We'll sure. put people who put testimonials, yes, because yeah. they're, you know, they usually push them at us and say, hey, please use this. <laughs> yeah. But we don't do it. We don't pay for it. It's not something we seek. I don't want to do it. Yeah. Number one, because I don't want other p producers and other companies poaching my clients. Yeah. Number one. But number two, we have a focus that your voice, your show is yours. Yeah. It's not mine. I just because I produce things for you or publish them doesn't make them belong to me. And there sure. are a lot of companies. It's a differentiator. So every other podcast hosting company in the ecosystem, Libsyn, SoundCloud, Podbean, Buzzsprout, yeah. all of those other companies compete against Podetize. And our differentiator is we make sure that we can't steal your authority, that oh, we direct traffic to your website, that it can't yeah. mistakenly go to us, and yeah. that you won't do something dumb like send more traffic to Apple because they don't need it. Right, exactly. Okay, and I, to just kind of go back to this idea of how to convert, because I feel like this is- So this I is, just did it. 
right? Yeah, this exactly. is what I just did, right? right exactly. <laughs> well, hundred percent. Like that was a perfect example of it. And the follow up to that is what you know, what happens, not what happens, I'm trying to kind of get at when you don't kind of do that. And when you don't have that call to action and express it, to me, we we mostly start with website projects with most, most of our clients. And that's one of the places, just as a comparison, when I'm looking at a website that I can tell right away where it's not working and why it's not working. It's because they, they have that fear around this conversion and the call to action, or they just haven't quite figured out how to do it right. And th this, th your law firm is a business. And so if this isn't being done right, you are losing so much money. So I feel like a lot of people fe have fear around that, but then they also think that the, the podcast, they think of it in terms of the ad revenue that we talked about, like set that aside. That's not the thing. And so they, they haven't figured out how valuable it can be in terms of that kind of a conversion. Do you see that too? Yeah. And look, it, it's, if you're converting your listeners versus converting your guests, which is yeah. a different model, right? Yeah. So right. you could have a guest conversion model. So I have a lot of FINRA certified, like they have to go through FINRA financial planners and other things who have podcasts. And we have to be really careful because if we had to go through FINRA to review all of their podcasts, it would be ridiculous. So what right. we do is we design a different model of show to okay. begin with. So we design a model of show where they find out who their best referral partner is. And it might be CPAs who work with business owners who've just sold their business. Okay. So now we structure a show about CPAs giving advice to business owners who just sold their business, which helps them publicize that. But what the, what the CPA is now doing is creating a connection with my client, the financial manager to make referrals. So now oh, they become referral okay. partners. So by him giving them publicity, they have this reciprocity and conversation and build a relationship. And so they start to then refer more business to him. So okay. he does 52 weeks a year, has an opportunity to have 52 conversations with someone who could become a referral partner. If he nice. gets five new ones a year, that's hundreds of thousands of dollars, maybe even millions in business for him. Sure. So that's a that genius guest way model doing is a, a great model, right? Yeah. But right. it's different than worrying about how many listeners I have. Right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, and honestly, I feel like that really relieves a lot of the pressure of the whole production of your podcast because it's like, I don't care what, you know, that's, that's not at all the focus here is the likes and subscribers and all of that stuff. We're aiming in a different direction. Right. Now you still have to do a really good job of sharing the show and promoting sure. because that's what you're offering them. That's the give and take, right? Yeah. So you want right. them to have a conversation with you about referrals. You've got to give them something to sure. get that reciprocity moving. So yeah. you have to do be good about repurposing your show. And I am a big fan of video, audio, blog, and social share. If you're not doing all of those things, you're wasting your time podcasting. Yeah, seriously. Because it's a great vehicle to get all of those things in one. Yeah. So why not fill your website, fill your social channel, do it with your original voice, right. and capture the video while you're recording because why right. not? It's too right. easy today to not record video exactly. and audio at the same time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When we were looking to start this, when I was looking to start this podcast, I was like, listen, if I am going to invest this time, money, all this effort, I'm going to maximize. This is raw 
organic content. And why would I not record the video? Because we all know that is the best growing avenue for wherever you're sharing. Any kind of social media platform on your website, on Google, everybody wants some kind of motion. And so I've got it here. Why would I not record it? I I mean, I I guess some people are self-conscious about it and then don't do it. Like, don't do the podcast at all. Like, that seems silly. Right. And then think about that model of that guesting model where you're really creating the relationships. That's what's primary importance to you. That's one layer. But if you structure the show not about you, but about the CPAs who are working and really yeah. about who the CPA cares about. So that's right. these people who just sold their businesses, yeah. you know, or, and so if you're now focusing on them, they're likely also to have listeners who skip the CPA and come straight to you. Yep. Yeah. So it's going to awesome. work in your favor anyway, as you build that up over time. Yes. So it's always a stream of model, but you want to do layer by layer and year over year. Podcasting is a marathon, not a sprint. Yes. And it's going to take time to build that. And what we see really clearly is that there's a tipping point at 25 episodes. Oh, when you hit 25 episodes, which is about a half a year. Think about it that way. If you do a weekly show. Yeah. And this, if you don't do a weekly show, it will take you three times longer. Right. Yeah. So the weekly show has a compounding effect. And this is so at about 25 episodes, you will see people start to engage with you. People will reach out to be a guest on your show. People will reach out and say, I heard this episode. Do you have something on this? Like you'll start to get engagement from it. Then when you hit 52 to 100 episodes, so you start to get into that second year of it. Yeah. Then you'll start to see a lot more return on investment. So you'll start to see offers for speaking engagements, offers to write articles. Like there'll be lots of other residual benefits that start to come with podcasting when you hit that level. And you'll hit and get binge listeners at that time. Yes. Binge listeners, which is my specialty. I have a show called The Binge Factor. And binge listeners don't come until you really have 50 episodes or more. Because think about it this way. If you were searching through Netflix and you saw a TV series that only had one season. Yeah. You're like, mm, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait and, wait see, and see if they say. get picked up. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> now, that, I see one whiskey. With, <laughs> yeah. Right? And this is why series like, well, I, like the X-Files who have like, what do they have? Like 13 seasons or something yeah. like that? Or yeah. crime? Yeah. What is, there's a ton of crime shows that have like right. 13 seasons or more. Right? Yeah. When you get to those level, the reason they have continual audiences is because they're like, oh, I'm looking for something that I'm not going to have to think about what I need to binge on next. I yeah. just need something to plug into that I, I'm going to be happy with. Yeah, that's what's going to happen with your show. So like my 3D print show has 650 episodes. Oh my we gosh. Stopped, we stopped doing it in 2019, late 2019. And in like 20... Right before the big podcast boom during right. COVID. Well, right. But we were we were done so 650 episodes and our yeah. business was now in podcasting, not in product design and 3D printing. Yeah. So like I was really, you know, it was, there wasn't much point for us to do it. Yeah. Plus, it was a part of a website that continually made money. So for yeah. us, there was a passive income model to it. It, it became that. Yeah. But what happened was is that Hewlett Packard reached out to me at the end of 2019 and said, Hey, we'd really love to advertise on your show. We'd love to do a partnership with you and have you do some series with us. And I said, you know, we don't publish anymore. And they said, (laughs) I know, but we've been trying to get you off the first page of Google for over a year and we can't do it. So we just decided to join you. 
Oh, wow. And so we That's worked- amazing. I know. It was amazing. So we worked for six months. And at the height of the pandemic, we launched a special series with them of 25 episodes. Oh, 12 cool. brand new ones we recorded with access to people in, within Hewlett-Packard that we could have never gotten access to. So oh it was fun for us to record it. It wasn't yeah. boring because this was really a great curiosity for us. And then we repurposed 12 that matched up to those episodes from our catalog. And we updated them. We re-edited them. We added some new information onto them. And we put that whole 25 episodes series and then we put a special add-on to webinars for them within that series. nice nice so, okay so it became power yeah even after the fact so when it comes to monetizing and money the two ways that i think most people aren't even really thinking in terms of podcasts that you were mentioning is number one this whole idea of your referral partners and pulling them in and basically capitalizing on their networks and pulling them in and showing your expertise to their network. So that is so much smarter because you are just aiming like laser focused to people who are your potential clients. Because the one thing about podcasting if you were trying to be the next greatest podcast and just send out like, you know, be that huge, you know, multi-million download, what's the point of that? Those are not your potential clients. Like unless it's an ego project that there, that's not at all what you're trying to do. And that's a waste. So this is much more targeted to aim at your referral partners, clients. And then the other option is to look at your network, build up your podcast in a way that it attracts kind of complementary advertisers or supporting uh, companies that you can work with that, once again, much more targeted within your kind of sphere of your where your clients are, and then work together with those. That makes so much more sense than just trying to like throw everything out there to just YouTube and capture whoever you can there. That makes no sense. Right. And so much of what it is that you're competing against is paid marketing out there. And right. It, and we think, oh, podcasting's free. Like this no. is what people think. But so they're not investing money. So if you're not going to invest in a good team to help you produce a great show, yeah. to help you market it, to make sure you're repurposing it in your social media channels, creating blogs, like we create video full length in YouTube. Yeah. We yep. create video shorts on YouTube yep. and TikTok and Instagram. Yep. We create the podcast itself. We create a full-length blog, which is show note transcription style, but it's yep. not quite a transcription. We've worked really hard with Google to format this in a way that works for SEO. But then right. we also write articles that we could yep. seed to publications that are trades and in our niche. But our purpose isn't to it to, it's to give them advice, you know, give them some marketing sure. advice or give them whatever the advice is in the legal world that you're out there giving. But it's also to drive traffic to the podcast because yeah. an article isn't enough. You have yeah. to drive them somewhere. And when I drive them to my company, they think I'm going to sell them. But if right. I drive them to my podcast, they know they're going to get more information. Yes. And then they connect with us and then they grow to know, like, and trust us. Yeah. And then they want to do business with us. Like right. we used to have people come to us and they'll be like, what do you sell in 3D printing? And we were like, <laughs> "You, we sell to like multi-million dollar companies services to yeah. do, produce products. Like this isn't something you're going to accept, you know, be able to. And they were like, well, can you create a course? Can you create a book? Like they wanted stuff from us. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. that's a real power position and influence in your marketplace, but it's the one that gets you more speaking engagements. But the other part I think most people forget is that, look, 
if I only have 30 listeners a week, that's 30 people I'm talking straight to yep. who chose me, yep. wanted to hear from me. Yeah. That's way, way how do we do that today? Right. I don't know. I have trouble getting 30 people to show up on a webinar. Exactly. So before we go to the book review, I just want to, this whole year, we're focusing on really digging into the marketing funnel because I feel like this is something not everybody, it's it's very straightforward. It's a very clean way of thinking about marketing, but it's not something everybody talks about because it's a little bit boring. It's kind of like charts and all that stuff. So very quickly, I'm just going to describe the marketing funnel as a triangle, the widest parts at the top, and you... There are the way we describe it and kind of simplify it is that there's three sections, top, middle, bottom, and then there's two subsections in each section. You need to be making sure that of all those six sections, you are, you have a plan, you have a strategy, you have activity going on. And in those different parts of the funnel, you are talking in different ways because people are thinking differently about what they need, where they're at in that decision process. So that's the marketing funnel. Talk, can you talk a little bit about kind of where podcasting fits? Because a lot of what we're talking about comes back to this idea that a lot of potential clients talk to me about being a air quote thought leader. <laughs> so where does podcasting fit? And I have a feeling it's in a, a few spots within that funnel. Yeah, that's where I look at podcasting as the whole part, as the outside edges of the funnel, if you want to okay. think of it like that. Okay. okay? And I look at it as being sort of an easy warm up to move them from one section to another. Oh, so it's like so, the grease in the funnel. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of easing them into the next section because it's an easy ask. It's yeah. free. It's easy. Yeah. It's also, you're not emailing me. You're not pushing yeah. to me. This yeah. is a really easy way for me to access you and learn about you without feeling like I'm obligated or in the in a funnel, right? Yes. And so it's a little bit simpler way to do that. Yeah. So I'm a big fan of keeping it, but I want all the pieces to be tied together. Like I right. want it to be clear, meaning yeah. the things that you're talking about are leading them through the funnel. Right. The guests that you're having are in alignment with that. Yes. The, the everything that you're doing, how you're repurposing it, how you're linking back, what you're putting in your little notes that yep. are in your videos that are in the podcast episodes. Yeah. Everything is leading them to be able to find you, go through the funnel and connect with you. And so often that's the part they don't have their act together on, which yeah. is where am I leading them when they go and right. they look at my episode description and they want more information. If the only thing I'm doing is sending them to my website. Yeah. That's right. too general. I right. need to give them something specific to and relevant to what I just talked about. So if yeah. you just talked about intellectual property and you've got something about intellectual property, lead them to the next episode, lead them to a checklist, lead them to a direct contact with yep. you also. Your calendar. Make a calendar. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So you want to grease the wheels to wherever they are in the process. And yep. my main reason is, is that lots of people think of podcasts as the top of the funnel. Yes. Awareness. Awareness. Yeah. And yeah. it is a part of that. But it's also what I found is that it is the best way for me to close clients. Yep. yep. Because they, I get in their ear nine times out of 10 when they have a phone call with my team, yep. they've already decided to work with yep. us. They just have yep. a question. 
Yeah, exactly. That's and fantastic I, to lighten up that process on our sales teams. Exactly. I think, and I just was going to expand that you said that a lot of people think of podcasting only as that top awareness. I think a lot of people only think of marketing in general as, as that top, as the very top awareness and interest. Like that is the whole goal of marketing is, is those first two steps. And that's why I'm focusing on this funnel. This whole year, we're going through all of the different steps of the funnel. And then we're going to talk about it in all the podcast episodes. And then we're going to go through it again, like halfway through the year, we're going to repeat because the middle and bottom. Okay. So the middle is getting them. They're, they're aware. They're ready to convert and then they convert. And then the bottom, this is where I feel like most people miss out is they've already converted. Now they're a past client. What are you doing for them? How are you nurturing that relationship? What are you doing? And we all know that nurturing and getting a repeat client is so much cheaper more effective and brings in more money than trying to go get a whole brand new one. So, and that can be a strategy in of of itself for your show. So like we have a show called feed your brand and we record it as a live stream every single week at noon Pacific time on Wednesdays. Like it's live everywhere on all the social platforms. And at the same time, all my clients are in zoom with me that are interested in asking questions and getting oh. one-on-one coaching. So I'm live streaming, but I'm not answering questions from the live stream audience. I only answer questions from my my Zoom group. So okay. I live stream it. I'm, I'm demoing how we record. I'm doing a topic that's in general awareness for how to market your podcast, how to make money, like something that they would need. It's yeah. not for people who don't have a show yet. It's usually for people who already have a show. That's okay. my focus on feed your brand because you want to continually feed your brand with, and how do you keep making it work for you, right? Like that's right. the idea. Yeah. And then what happens after we record it is we say, hey, if you were our client, if you were hosted on Podetize, that's all it takes to be able to access is 29 bucks a month. Like, you know, to yeah. be able to access us every single week and ask us your burning questions around anything marketing, anything podcasting, all you got to do is be a, be a member. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Now we're going to go and we're going to help those people. And so they missed out. So now we do our our outward marketing for the funnel attraction at the top of it. But we're nurturing our audience and we made them feel special because we walked away from the leads to nurture our clients. Nice. That's amazing. Imagine how you could create a platform for that. I know a lot of attorneys who run like a, who used to run a meetup once a month for inventors and other things like that. And they would bring in guest speakers. Yeah. Your guests on your show are perfect for that. Yes. Invite your clients in to ask those questions after the podcast recorded. There's so many ways you could nurture them. And you know what it does? is it puts you front of mind and I guarantee you they will refer you to their friends and your referrals that you get from your existing clients close way faster than anything else. Absolutely. Of course. Yeah. That's just, that's psychology. Okay. So it's time for the book review and I know you have a really interesting one. So without further ado, we have a library on the site. We'll link to all of that stuff. Everybody already knows about that. So Tracy, what's the book you have to recommend today? So Shane Snow is one of my favorite authors. He's been a tech writer for a really long time and uh, I've had him on my show because I was so, even though he wasn't a podcaster, I was like, I have to talk with him about how you create binge-worthy articles. And so I've talked to him personally. He's just really interesting. And one one of my favorite books is one of his older ones, Smart okay. Cuts. Smart and Smart Cuts. Cuts is this idea 
that there's a direct path to doing it. Like there's a direct path to cutting cake that gets you the most pieces that, you know, that there's a direct path to do it. You just have to make the right cuts to make that happen. You just have to take the right path. And sometimes it requires thinking through. And so that's actually what we've been doing over the last couple of years and how we're revising the way we funnel and the way we market today is utilizing the smart cuts methodology. And doing it is saying we don't need more people in the top of our funnel. Right. We need more action takers at the top of our funnel. Yes. And so what we did was we started to really dial in and get really right with how are we going to find those people? How are we going to test their action taking? What are we going to do to get them into it? So we actually do not, we're probably one of the only podcast producers out there who don't focus on getting clients who haven't started a show yet. Oh. Because 75 to 80% of people will quit their show before they ever reach 11 episodes. Yeah. Yeah. So my chances of success with them and the longevity and the sustainability of what I can do for them is low. Yeah. So we let them have to find us by referrals, by other things for the new people. But we go for existing podcasters who've hit that magic 25 episodes or more and are saying, okay, this is working for me. This feels right for me. Yeah. Now what? Now, how do I make how it do better? I, how do I promote my show better? How, yeah. And we so we have all of these new things that we now talk about. We've messaged differently. They're not new. Like we've been yeah. doing them for our clients for years. But they are now messaged differently to talk to them to get them to take action. And so oh, that sounds it's like an awesome really book. looking at that conversion point. How can yeah. I make sure that I deliver on the thing that matters most to you yeah. in everything that I provide from the con- free content out there to the actual services and products and the messaging I use to create those? Okay. Awesome. That is Smart Cuts by Shane Snow. We will, that'll be on the show notes, on the show page, in the library, the whole, di- that sounds awesome. I love, I was surprised by how much I loved like the organization, operational efficiency class that we, that I took getting my MBA. And I just love kind of getting rid of all that extra stuff and finding more efficiencies. It's awesome. Okay. So Tracy, we covered so much, like all the things about <laughs> podcasting, but What's a big takeaway? What's the main takeaway that you'd like people to get of all of the different things that we've talked about? I, I feel like there is there's a lot there. What what's the one that you would really like people to get? So another one of my favorite books in the law space is called Rembrandt's in the Attic. Ooh. And it's a legal book that is it's about intellectual property. It's about finding those things. Well, your podcast is a is your Rembrandt. I mean, you know, hopefully you you think of yourself as being that valuable. Right? Sure. If you're that valuable to your marketplace, you're not going to go wrong. Yeah. You're going to really be a great lawyer for your clients, a great financial manager, a great podcast expert, right? right? A great marketing guru, right? You're going to be that. If you, you've got all of this information and this is what happens so often is you put the podcast out and you're like, that's it. You don't think about how am I going to save that? How am I going to put that on my website? Where am I? What am I going to yeah. do with this? You treat it like this one-time thing. Yeah. But it has long-term residual intellectual property value for your website. Yeah. It's copyrightable. Yeah. You must put all of these things in a place that doesn't disappear tomorrow. That yeah. means not a TikTok. <laughs> that means not a, an Instagram story. 
Those yeah. disappear. No Snapchats, yeah. right? Yeah. Right. We want something that has long-term value. So the three places I want you to put your information, the things you've worked, sharing your brilliance. And it yeah. includes every time you guest on a show. Yeah. Okay. It includes that. I want you to put it on your website. I want you to put it in a blog. Now, you can't go blogging somebody else if you've been a guest on their show without their permission. Right. But you can put a short description of what you did on that show and link to it. Share sure. even the audio file. Yeah. I also want you to put it in YouTube because YouTube is owned by Google, which gives power to your website. But also YouTube is a library. So you own yeah. the channel. It's in your law firm's name. It's in your name or it's in your show's name. Yeah. And that channel is an archive that's easy for somebody to go through and see all the videos that you've done. So yeah. they can now go through your stuff in one place. Right. It's not so easy on social. So no. I want you to do that blog. I want you to do the video. And then I want the you website. to keep yeah. your podcast live. Yes. It costs, I mean, look, if you're paying for hosting and then you decide to archive your show, go put it onto a free site. Just keep it live. Do not discontinue those links yeah. because it has long-term value. You were on a show somewhere, you you referenced your show and now we can't find it anymore. <laughs> That's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. So that 3D print podcast, after we did that stuff with HP, we, we now, we still have it. It's yeah. still out there. It's still live. I used to get 100,000 listeners a month at the height of when I was promoting. Oh, my god! But I still get 10,000 listeners. Oh, my god! Every single month to that. That's amazing. And I get thousands of people coming to my website for more information that is referred to in that or hitting my YouTube channel and watching a short video that shows the machine working or shows whatever we talked about on it. Yeah. So there's long-term value there. And what I've seen, I've had some clients who like are like, we sold our company and we sold our show to this other this other company. And the company immediately discontinues all the blogs. Oh, yeah. They just lost all that residual oh, SEO value, all yeah. those keywords, all the organic yeah. traffic that they had built up over time. They yeah. lose it all overnight yeah. like that. Oh, but they also no. lose the minute they discontinue that that podcast, it's all gone. Yeah. Well, it's like imagine if you were on Friends, like if you were one of the people on Friends and think about how much money they have made just residually. They made way more money residually over the years than they did. And they were making a lot of money when the show was on. But when you add up what they'll make over the course of their life of that show, it's way, way more. And obviously, we're not talking about those kinds of numbers, but that's that basic idea. That basic idea and that idea that you put this information out there. Yeah. Yeah. And as long as it's still valid. So you do have to scroll through it. I mean, I do a cleanup once a year. I'll go sure. through and I'll say, these people went out of business. Yeah, I'm going right. to take, you know, I discontinue things. I delete them yeah. from my feed. Certain and things I, are outdated. Yeah, yeah. Certain things are outdated and their company doesn't exist. It's giving a 404 error anyway. Yeah. Like, let me get rid of it. Like, yeah. I do clean that up, but I don't really change what I said, because if what I said now is timeless enough to be valid tomorrow and somebody's yeah. getting advice from that, that's still giving me authority in the marketplace. And yes. that's what we want. We built this authority. It's a platform. Yeah. We don't want to take off pieces of the platform because we just decided we don't want to focus on it anymore. Right. Okay. Awesome. Oh my gosh. So good. I feel like this is going to be the inspiration for so many people to start a podcast and think about it differently. This is not about like all the things that we said. It's not about getting this likes and subscribers and everything. It's about your reputation getting out there and pulling in the people in the right way that supports your brand and your reputation. 
Awesome. Tracy Hazard is the CEO of Podetize, which is the combination of podcasts and monetize, which is our topic today, <laughs> how to boost marketing and money. Thank you so much for being here. This is an awesome episode. Oh, thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the CouncilCast podcast. Be sure to visit our website at council-cast.com for the resources mentioned on the episode and to give us your feedback. If you enjoyed this episode, I would appreciate if you could rate and review the podcast on Apple and subscribe to your favorite podcast platform. See you on the next one.